1: Josh, can you hear me my friend? Yes, hey, there you are. There we are. Okay, well let me uh grab Don Mazella here and bring him into the Oh, okay, Don's on. Conversation with us. Oh, good. We were taping our Christmas special and we ran over time, so uh <laughs> I'm just I am just now calling. So uh and Don just called Hold
2: me. me. Yeah, hit me up. Oh, good. I'm I'm wolfing down a sub sandwich, so we're in good shape. Hey, that's
1: fine. Uh, we, had a, we had an adult film star on who, who was eating Chick-fil-A earlier, so, you know, that's fine. Everybody's eating. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I think there's Don Mazzella. Don, can you hear me, my friend? I hope so. Can there you we are. Me? Okay, well, we've got uh, the Josh. The famous Don Mazzella. The famous Don Mazzella. Or as I like to say, the star of stage and screen Don Mozilla.
3: I wish you were. You haven't seen my not. sister
1: lately, have you? <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, Don, we've, uh, we've got Josh Bernstein with us today. Of course, oh. Josh Bernstein is from the Josh Bernstein Show, and uh, he's also representative for our friends at AMAC. And, um... Uh, Don, give give me your thoughts first off on this situation with government shutdown and everything, and then we'll get Josh's thoughts on things.
3: Well, you know, you know, I had a, 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 a Italian minister at my club last week, and I said, you know what? If the government shut shut down, who cares? Uh, if you think if you think about it, when, when we had the uh, uh, cl- Uh, the government shut down, Uh, most things went on uh, as if nothing had happened. And uh, truth be known, seven or eight days of of no government might do this country good. Having said that, um, I just uh, saw uh, an item where uh, President Trump is threatening not to sign the uh, continuing resolution to keep it funded through February uh, because he really wants the wall. And what people don't understand about uh, President Trump, in my view, is that, uh, you know, he demands uh, the world and settles for uh, a continent, if you think of it that way. And uh, what they should do is throw him a bone and give him a a, a couple of hundred million dollars to start building a wall and um, uh, see what happens. Uh, I I think it's necessary. Uh, I don't know if you saw today that... um, the Government is in, is going to um, to send people back to Mexico to await asylum rather than let them stay in the country awaiting asylum uh adjudication. I think we're slowly but surely uh seeing that we're taking back yes, our borders. our borders. Can
1: you hear me yes yes josh give, give give us your take on this well. My take is that all you have to do is
2: look at the fact that over $4.8 million has already been raised in three and a half days to build the wall by Brian Colfidge and the Brian Colfidge Trust, which uh, is on the GoFundMe account. And Americans are not giving a dollar or two dollars or three dollars. They're giving fifty, a hundred, some are even giving a thousand, five hundred, two hundred, three hundred. There is a desire from the American people to secure our borders and to make this country safer. And I think two things can come of this. Obviously, a billion dollars is a lot to raise online. It can be done. It's not done very often. But it's actually, you know what, I just refreshed it. It's 7.6. It's 7,661,715 of a $1 billion goal. That has been raised by 126,000 people in only three days. So what we can do is we can take this to our government and say, look, the American people are willing to give up their own money out of their own pockets. If you guys won't do it, we will. And I think two things can happen. It can be a symbolic gesture for the Republicans to get their act together and get this done, or we'll build it ourselves. And, uh, you know, this GoFundMe, if it hits where it needs to be, it's going to be in a trust. So you're going to have lawyers involved. You're going to have appropriated funds involved. You're going to have, uh, you know, legal documents drawn up with the money and what it can be used for and dispersed for. You're going to have contractors, land surveyors, architects, you know, all the bricklayers. I mean, this is like a real deal. This isn't just some person that, you know, fought for our country and lost three of their limbs and is going to raise money and keep all the money. No, this is a, a for real deal. And in only three days, at $7.6 million. It goes to show you that the appetite to secure this border is not only real, but it's growing each and every day. So I think that uh, at some point, shutting down the government is obviously an excellent idea. Uh, Let's just, you know, get this thing done. The American people want this. We're going to get it done. Uh,
3: I couldn't agree with you more. Can I just jump in here and point out, Whatever happened to that uh, big caravan of people that were supposedly going to storm the border? You know, it's it it's seems... Uh, have you heard anything about them for the last two weeks?
2: No, uh,
3: um, um, no. and I think uh, one of the reasons is because that publicity stunt backfired um, on them. But uh, uh, I couldn't agree with you more but you know that uh, in washington 7 million dollars is uh, is chump change and the rounding error and um uh, I was talking to somebody about the, that I hadn't re- realized it had gone up to that number and he looked at me and said uh, you know we, we don't care you know uh, washington is so far removed from the border if they put the capital of Washington at the border, then they'd be uh, be concerned. Yeah, there you go. You know, and and the real answer is, uh, um, <laughs> Washington politicians, um, the Democrats are uh, uh, pandering to the uh, 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 Latina uh, uh, electorate. Uh, the uh, uh, they don't understand that. Uh, uh, immigrants displace blacks and latinos uh, more than than they realize, but uh, again, they think it's a winning uh, uh, issue. I don't think it is, but they think it's a winning issue as long as they can keep uh, uh, President Trump from building that wall.
1: We've got well, we've got uh, Josh Bernstein with us today. Josh, uh, give us your take on that.
2: Well, I think it's interesting that uh, the migrants um, were screaming that, you know, we want asylum, and if you don't allow us into the country, then you need to give us all $50,000 apiece. Well, bottom line is, if the appropriations bill and the the conciliation bill was was to pass, you're looking at billions of dollars for Guatemala and Honduras and all these countries, so technically they would have won. They would have gotten their 50000 per person to go back to their country. Nobody's even pointing that out. But look, I think more than anything else, you know, the Republicans still have control. And I applaud President Trump for shutting down the government because, if you remember, he said last time when he got the military funding done and they kicked the funding for the wall, he said, this is the last time. I will sign one of these without border security. And you know what? He's keeping his promise. He's keeping his word, thank God. And uh, I commend him for it. Shut it down.
3: Couldn't agree with couldn't agree more. Unfortunately, uh, here in the Northeast, uh, uh, it, it's not a, a winning issue. Uh, by the way, just across the, uh, uh, my desk, uh, Secretary, uh, Defense Secretary Mattis is retiring at the end of February. Um, which is going to open up another battle. Um, it's tweeted by President uh, Trump yep. uh, just now. again.
2: Well, we got to watch out for him, because I have heard rumors that he may want to challenge Trump in 2020. Um, I don't know if you've seen that, but I have heard rumors that Mattis may want to try. I Not feel- that he would win,
3: mm-hmm. but... I keep saying the smartest thing Trump can do is uh, is in July of, of uh, twenty twenty, saying I'm going home, folks, uh, and you know leave everybody uh, 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 gasping. That would you know you know what that would do to this country. Uh, what did Nixon say? You don't have me to kick around anymore. Uh, uh, but if you think about it. Um, the comedians wouldn't have anything to talk about. The Democrats wouldn't have anything to talk about. And and Trump would go home and, uh, um, you know, make uh, uh, make money. Uh, and by the way, could I? Uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead.
2: Well, I, I would disagree with that for a couple of reasons. It would really depend on where we were at at that point. I mean, if Ruth Bader Ginsburg uh, ends up retiring, in, you know, at, in the beginning of the year, which there have been rumors that, her health is in decline, and, and that might be the case. If she does and he gets another Supreme Court justice and also figures out a way to fund and build and construct the border wall, then, yeah, I could see him going out in the sunset after one term and saying, you know what, I've had enough, I've done enough. But if he doesn't, I would like to see him continue win in 2020 and have another four years to complete the job. So I really think it would just depend I mean, if he didn't run again, he's already a legendary president, just as far as his accomplishments so far. But, obviously, there's more to go, and I would love to see him do even more.
3: Well, you know, uh, traditionally, the second term... uh, first term, a president concentrates on uh, domestic issues. second term uh, concentrates on foreign issues. Uh, But, anyway, um, um, I... I, uh, I, I think the smart thing for for Trump to do, President Trump to do, is is to walk away. I, I just think it would be a, um, a smart move. And by the way, I agree with you. I I don't think there's been a president in the last fifty years that has accomplished more of what he said he set out to do than President Trump. Unfortunately, given the um, uh, the media, et cetera. Uh, it's going to take forty years uh, for the true his true accomplishments to be recognized.
0: Well,
2: that might be the case. I, I think um, immediate. I mean, obviously, we see in the economy and you know jobs being created and regulations being cut and you know all the different things that we've been able to do as far as getting out of the Paris Accords. He was right on that. Obviously, the rioting in the streets, screaming Trump was right. You know, you know, getting out of the Iran deal, um, keeps on pipe. I mean the list is long. we know that. Mm-hmm. so I think that in the media he's gonna get the credit for that because it's impossible not to get the credit get the credit for that, even though the media doesn't want to discuss it and doesn't want to talk about it. Um, but on the long term, you know, having the Supreme Court remade, I think is a big, big deal, and uh, if we can get at least one more. Then I would say that we would solidify this country uh, and conservatism on the on the judge on the judgeships for the next twenty five to thirty years, you know, barring any debts or anything.
3: I, I agree with you. And by the way, my, my uh, uh, again talking to my contact in Washington, uh, he said the only way that uh, Ginsburg will get out um, of the Supreme Court is to carry her out. <laughs> Uh, um uh, uh, he's uh, uh, he's pretty close to the uh on this he's been uh, pretty right and made me look right a few times. He feels that uh, she will not step down and uh, uh as long as she can uh, uh um, be a semblance of herself but um uh, along with that is uh, uh he indicated that she is not doing as much as she used to. And in fact, uh, they have not assigned a, a decision to her in the uh, in the uh, current uh, in the last month. Anyway. Right.
2: Well, she's eighty five years old. She had a stint put in her heart. She had uh, colon cancer. She survived. She had pancreatic cancer. She survived. Uh, so she's had a lot of different health issues. She recently fell and broke three ribs. She's slowly recovering from that. Uh, her health is in decline, she's 85 years old Uh, it would not shock me if she was no longer on the bench in the next 90 days uh, certainly even sooner than that Uh, again, I've heard rumors from her staffers, from people that are around her, that you know, her mind may want to continue, but her body is letting her down, and uh, so she may be in a situation where she's no longer able to serve
3: uh... You know, um, uh, here we're speculating on a poor woman's...
2: Uh, <laughs>
3: I'm
2: not pushing anything against her.
3: I'm just
1: I'm putting the facts out of her medical
3: history. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. Dude. We'll look at Sumner... Uh, what's his name, the CBS? Uh, Sumner
1: Redstone, yes. Yeah.
3: yeah. I mean, he, he's 90-odd years old. They just uh, appointed his They grand- incapacitated,
0: yeah. yep yeah,
2: uh, uh,
3: but the, he's still controlling. Um, you know, um, I, I, um, I interviewed a man who was 87 years old who was starting his uh, third um, uh, entrepreneurial venture after retiring from uh, a major bank. And he's 18 yeah, well, years look, old. And I said, one of the closest people to me in,
2: in, uh, in all of broadcasting, I'm like a grandson to him, is Barry Farber. And he huh. still has his wits about him. And you know, he's uh he's very intelligent, very smart, got his wits about him. And I think he's about 90 or 91
3: or 92. So, you know, they're they're all up there.
1: Well, yeah, uh, he, can, well he well, he's
3: we'll, marrying younger than him. That, that's the secret. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, well Josh, we've got to get to Larry Tracy before we do that, uh talk sure. to us about AMAC. Yes, uh AMAC is the um alternative to
2: AARP. Uh, It's an organization for seniors 50 years of age and older, all the same types of products and services. Uh, The only main difference is that they are an America-first conservative alternative. So when they do lobby on behalf of Washington and Congress and their members, it is to provide them with more power, more control, and, of course, more freedom in health care choices and decisions. Obviously, with Obamacare now being uh, made illegal, basically, the individual mandate and all that, and Obamacare is really dead at this point. Uh, will be behind the scenes working with the Republicans to craft new legislation that will be an excellent alternative to Obamacare. And of course, it will be less government intrusive uh, as well. So check them out at AMAC, A M A C dot U S, or you can call toll free 888 262 2006. Again, 888 262 2006. Tell them that you heard about AMAC. On the Jiggy Jaguar program And they'll even give you a one year free introductory offer Again, 888-262-2006 And on the web at amac.us And I want to wish everybody a very Merry Christmas And a Happy New Year To all the fans and supporters out there And fans of the Jiggy Jaguar show
1: Well, thank you Well, I appreciate it, Josh We will uh, talk to you uh, sometime in January, my friend You got it And Don, we're going to take a break. Don, you as well. I'm going to call Larry Tracy. I'm going to call you right back. So hold tight, Don. We are going to uh, do this. We are going to call Mr. Larry Tracy. The big star. Star of station screen, Larry Tracy. And uh, get him in here. And then we will call Don Mazzella back. And uh, get him in here. Got to find Larry Tracy's phone number. That's always uh it's always a gamble uh trying to find Larry Tracy's phone number, good Lord. so we will call Mr. Tracy
2: get on in here.
1: Maybe. Hello. Larry, can you hear me? It's Jay. Hey. He's giving you a holler. Hey, how are you, my friend?
0: You can, that's right.
1: Let me uh, let me get our co host here, Don Mazella, in here and we will do some chitty chatting. We had a uh, Okay we had a guest run over, so we are just down. I'm there. getting to you, I apologize for that. But uh, well, Don that's Don okay. is, that, that's show business. <laughs> let's see, you, you understand. You understand all this stuff. Here. That's right. <laughs> you
3: get well, I'm it. Glad, I'm glad somebody understands it. I don't.
1: <laughs> now, um, Don Mazzella joins us. He's our regular co host on Talk America Live each and every weekend. And uh, Larry, um, let's talk about Bring Home the Bacon. Uh, it is a fantastic book. Tell me and Don a little bit about it.
0: Well, it was written based on the experience that I had in speaking in in the government, especially the last three years when I was uh, defending and debating the Reagan policy on Central America, and I developed a a system over the years on it. And it's just based on the premise that the ability to speak and the ability to persuade is probably the most important skill you can have. Uh, I'm joined in that attitude with Tony Robbins, the motivational speaker, who constantly says, hey, that's the most important skill a human being can have. And I think one of the things is people are afraid of uh, presenting, but should look at should look at this and the lessons that are in my book as the means to an end because that's the that's the best way to be a leader. There's maybe one percent of people are born with uh, the ability to lead, to inspire, to motivate, and then the rest of us need some sort of a system, and that's through the spoken word, and that's what you learn in this book. So I think it's a real shortcut to success. And they can if I'll put the plug in. They can go right to Amazon and get it. <laughs>
1: We've got uh, Larry Tracy with us today. Now, Larry, um, give, us, give us your thoughts on the withdrawal from Syria and what are some of the consequences, and then we'll let Don weigh in on this as well.
0: Well, uh, I simply cannot understand it. I'm, I'm dumbfounded by this decision, uh, because it's based on the false premise that we have defeated ISIS and we have not. In military terms, we have degraded ISIS significantly, but they're far from defeated. They've got 30,000 fighters in Syria. And uh, we've done this with, uh, he, President Trump did this apparently without the consulting with uh, either Secretary of Defense Mattis or Secretary of State Pompeo. And one of the suspicions that's running around Washington is that he did this in a deal with Erdogan of Turkey, who was ready to buy uh air defense system from Russia, and Trump wanted to make sure that he bought the, the Patriot system. So all of a sudden... Erdogan decides he's going to buy the Patriot system, and Trump decides he's going to pull out. And what we're doing there, we are we are abandoning our best ally in the Middle East, the Kurds, and and this is going to be a terrible, terrible blow to U.S. credibility. They're going to say, hey, you can't depend on the United States to back uh, back us in any way. So uh, it's, it's just a a, a real a, a real error in my judgment. I haven't seen anybody in support senator graham who's been one of his biggest supporters of late has really come out and said he's making the same mistake that obama did in iraq by pulling troops out the consequences are going to be james that we're going to be sending troops back in there now uh, later on and it's going to be a much stronger isis we're going to have to redo all the good things that have been done so in my judgment a terrible terrible decision don
1: what do you make of that couldn't
3: agree with him more um i Uh, he he put it uh, uh, I I couldn't add um, much more to it Uh, everybody I talked to say say, um, it's the wildest decision he's made but again um, I I, I believe he'll say this and then uh, he will pull back Um, uh, by the way he also said that uh, we're going to move draw down in Afghanistan you know, uh, here all of the liberals have been saying we should we should not be in this war, we should not be doing this, we should not be doing that. When he does something, then everybody says, "Oh my God, he's doing something wrong." You know, you, you, I sit here. Uh, I, I I agree, it's a terrible decision. But the liberals have been uh, talking about this for three years. They, uh, there was a, a program uh, uh, Friday. Uh, I'm uh, on one of the, uh, 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 uh and I, don't know, one of them, uh, certainly not Fox, in which they talked about the fact that we should draw down troops. Here he says it, then everybody says, oh my God, no. And so, you know, what is the answer out there? I mean, and if I knew the answer, I've covered, uh, three, four, uh, Arab Israeli wars, and I can't tell you, uh, um, t- today. Uh, what's the answer? So I'd be curious
0: what Larry thinks uh, is the answer. Well, one of the, one of the things um, during the campaign, President and candidate Trump was talking about uh, bringing the troops back from uh, from the Middle East. That, that's easier said than done. We've got vital interests over there, and uh, we we certainly don't want to surrender it to Russia. That has always been an area that they were interested in. And then Iran. I mean, the, Iran and Russia are going to be the two big. Beneficiaries of this withdrawal from uh, from Syria, and again, it's it's got everybody gobsmacked. To use that word; they, they simply don't understand. Now, will he back off and and consider? He's he's a very stubborn man. So, rather than admit that he was wrong, he may not. Hey, and I'm saying that as the guy who voted for him, <laughs> and probably will vote for him again because of the terrible alternatives. <laughs> But uh, this, this one I just uh, have no answer for whatsoever. He
3: had, uh, um, I'll turn it around and said, you remember they said if you move the embassy to Jerusalem, um, all hell will break out and nothing happened? Um, yeah. Uh, it's emboldened him. Um, uh, whatever... that's,
0: that's just a bit more on the political side. This is going to be something on the ground that is going to have immediate military consequences, and they're not going to be good.
3: Oh, okay. okay but and I, I, not-
0: I just have a lot more confidence in uh, Secretary Mattis <laughs> than I do in the president in making I, I, decisions like this.
3: I don't know if you know, but he, they just announced he's, Mattis is leaving at the end of February. I,
0: I, all right. No, I have not heard that, but I, I was figuring this might be the last straw.
3: For well, him. Uh, he
0: just he, uh, I mean, to, uh, it, to, that's going to be a terrible loss, Mattis leaving.
3: Uh, I, I I couldn't agree with you more, but oh. um, could I just say one thing? Um, in talking to the military people that I know, um, and, and there is a great feeling that our our troops right now are um, um, uh, are really stretched very thin, and and it might be that um, this may be a way of. Uh, to kind of uh, refresh our troops. I only bring it up because um, uh, I've been told by by people who know this far better than me that we are really stretched in uh, militarily. And I don't know if you saw the article in yesterday's Wall Street Journal about uh, how we're simply not strategically set up to really uh, uh, meet some of the uh, challenges about the... Uh, oh
0: that's out. right well, first of all you have to remember we've been uh our military has been committed for seventeen years, just one after another uh for instance i'm I'm of the Vietnam generation. I served yes. two tours in Vietnam. these people are going back four, five, and six times yes. and when you go back uh uh time like that, you figure hey <laughs> luck's gonna run out at some time mm-hmm. so uh now our casualties are certainly down, but uh it's still a um, Terrible situation, and and the uh, the military is thin. So I, I you know I saw the article in, in the journal, and I uh, agree with it.
3: Uh, 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 I I was a correspondent in Vietnam, but the uh, uh, the the difference in Vietnam was that they rotated people out um, individually, rather than what they're doing today, which is rotating exactly. Yeah, uh, by uh, that was uh, one of the.
0: Uh, Factors that, um, anyway, that we can uh, talk about. Well, but uh, you would have seen that then, as a correspondent, that uh, by rotating people in and out, that also had a tremendous disadvantage because you you didn't have unit cohesion. Yes, people were coming in and going. This way, a uh, battalion is going in and it's coming back out. So it, it it's a toss up. Uh, it, it, it was just we learned from Vietnam, but I'm not sure we learned all that we should have. Well,
3: unfortunately, we always fight
0: uh, the last war rather than this war. Uh, yeah, that's, that's always the way it is. That's, that's, uh, anytime we, we do it, we... Um, and one of the things that has been lost, we have uh, been dealing primarily in counterinsurgency over the years, and there's some wonder what, what's going to happen if we have to fight big division-sized battles. And that that could happen with Russia or with China. And we made that big mistake uh, back in Korea. I didn't know what we were uh, going to confront at that point. So that's the history of the United States. We we do tend to fight the last war. Yeah, you know, and uh,
3: uh, uh, <laughs> it's something we have to worry about. You know, I don't know about you, but you know, you pick up the paper. Uh, I have to read the New York Times every day. And if you pick up the paper and, and you really look at it, you say to yourself, "My God." What are we? Uh, how are we existing in this world? Yet, if you go out to other parts of the country and you you'll see and talk to people, they seem to be uh, having a pretty even keeled life. Uh, oh, yeah. the-
0: uh, well, the the times and and my local paper, the Washington Post, <laughs> nothing that Trump does can succeed. <laughs> I mean, I mean, this is. Uh, I, I, I just, I don't think anybody, and he, of course, he contributes to a lot of this himself. He, he's his own worst enemy. I mean, he could be a little bit more presidential, uh, a little more cautious in some of his tweets, but he does seem to uh, set his mouth in motion before his brain is working, and this uh, this just gives them more ammunition. So, that's so I, true. Uh, I don't know what the solution is to that.
3: Well, um, I, I, as I said on Jiggy's program and said other places, to me, uh, if I were him, I'd accomplish all I can in the first term and walk away. I, I, you know, uh, it, it would, uh, and I, I wouldn't be a bit surprised. I took a bet the other day with someone 100 a hundred uh, to to one that uh, he would walk away at the end of the
0: uh, uh, oh, on a lot of his life. That that he would do that. Um, turn it over to Pence, who's a, a strong conservative. Who the uh, he may be the biggest uh, Pence, uh, Pence may be the biggest uh, guarantee against impeachment. <laughs> Liberals would say, "Hey, Trump is a little crazy and unpredictable, but this guy Pence is a real right winger." Hey, they may not want to get him for four years. But, and, and that's but, the only question we don't know. We don't know what's happening. Uh, anybody who says that they can predict what Mueller is going to do just. They just don't know what they're talking about this is a, a very unusual uh, investigation that is going on is that there are virtually no leaks whatsoever that's that's unheard of in Washington but you don't hear it he's in, really instilled a lot of discipline on there so we don't we don't know if there's anything going on if they have any evidence and as far as impeachment you have to remember. The term is high crimes and misdemeanors, but there's no standard for that. It's basically what the House of Representatives decides is high crimes and misdemeanors. So if we, we can have a replay to a great degree of what happened with Clinton, that the House has articles of impeachment, and then it goes over to the Senate. The Senate then was controlled by the Democrats. They said no, and the Senate is controlled next year by the Republicans again, and so it may be a repeat of that. But it, it means very little legislation is going to get passed. And and the other thing, and I, I mentioned this once before uh, when I was on with James, and that is I think we're going to find dueling investigations next year. The three House committees have already said they're going to go full bore on investigating everything about, about Trump and the Russians and et cetera. And Lindsey Graham, the Senate Judiciary chairman, and William Barr, the new AG who will be coming in, have both talked in terms of the need for a special counsel to go back and look at Hillary Clinton's 30,000 emails, uh, this this disgraceful dossier uh, by Christopher Steele. Now, Steele is is a, an alumnus of MI6, which is one of the top intelligence agencies in the world. And I've looked at that dossier, and I said, this MI6 would never have accepted that. And even Bob Woodward when it first came out, was on uh, one of the programs on Sunday morning, and he said, I've looked at the dossier, it is garbage. But that's mm-hmm. what the FBI used for the FISA investigation. And one other little point, I would think the FISA judges should really be upset that they were played for suckers uh, on this thing. And, and now with uh, Barr as AG and uh, Lindsey Graham heading the Senate Judiciary Committee, that could be the fighter on the other side. And uh, it'll be for an interesting
3: 2019. Oh, yeah. may I may mean, live an interesting time. Couldn't agree with you more. But, um, I, you know, I reached the point where uh, uh, if you look at everything that happened in that campaign, the main thing that happened is that Hillary Clinton ran a terrible campaign. But they he looked, did. You know, and the other thing is, uh I don't uh, I don't know if you saw that New York state is forced to close down closing down of the Trump uh, uh, uh the foundation. Yeah. But the point is if you look at the Clinton foundation and what they've done oh. you know yet they don't even touch that and uh, you sit there and, and uh, you, you wonder um you know uh, the rich have always gotten away with things but uh, well, you know, there you was there. one
0: there was one thing that I remember during, uh, during the debates, and I wondered why they didn't bring it up. The former Senate leader in Haiti just really ripped into the Clinton Foundation and, and to uh, the two Clintons and saying what a disgrace they were and how they had just ripped off the Haitian people, giving business to their uh, cronies, and that the Haitian people didn't get much of these donations. And the other thing is to uh, look at it. Hell, the Clinton Foundation that was doing all this wonderful charitable work and getting all this money to do good things, all of a sudden didn't get any money after she lost. Yeah. So, to say that it wasn't a pay-for-play. <laughs> well, you but you that, and that I can... That would be another thing for uh, Lindsey Graham to look into, the, the Clinton Foundation, and to do it. Well, I, I, so I think, think there's you... a lot of material in the look back.
3: And I believe if the Democrats rip the bandage and go after Trump, I think that uh, they will uh, they will do as well. Um, and that, that
0: could really be a case, yeah.
3: You know, it's un, uh, it's unfortunate. Uh, what's missing in in Washington today is compromise. The art of politics is compromise, as Lyndon Baines said. And mm-hmm. you know. You know we don't seem to have that in, in, in Washington today.
0: Well, they, they just did it in this, uh, one little example, this crime bill. That came across very bipartisan, and maybe that could be a model if they'll do it. But there's so much dislike on both sides of the aisle uh, on it, and, and especially the Democrats towards Trump. Oh, I think they simply have never gotten over the shock that their standard bearer, Hillary, could have lose to a, a guy like Trump and they're still wondering about that well you you know um
3: she had planned to have fireworks on on the hudson river election night and, and she was smart enough to cancel that before the election but uh, you wonder mm-hmm. if, she, if she hadn't uh, uh what they would have done with the fireworks but uh, that that's another time uh we you, you know i do um uh, i do something with fox uh, on a regular basis, and when I, I've talked across the country, it's, it's amazing, in the northeast and in the west coast, it's one world, and in between, it's a totally different world, and, yeah. uh, uh it, it's, it's really, it's really funny, um, and, uh, I don't know if we'll ever, um, uh, bridge the gap between, but, uh, um, Uh, And someone said to me, uh, uh, there's a book coming out which predicts that California and Oregon and Washington will break off into a new nation uh, within 50 years. Um, um, I thought about it, and said, you know, it's a possibility. But uh, they can have all the taxes they want in California. California. Uh, Taxes are... um, Taxes will eventually break
0: this country because well, businesses are leaving California in droves because of the taxes and and uh, citizens moving out as well but here's an interesting statistic just to keep in the back of mind when people throw up this thing that uh, Hillary Clinton won the uh, popular vote yes, she did, but she won that strictly because of the states of New York and California she won two point nine million Over those, Trump won the rest of the country by about a million and a half. The other thing is, within that 2.9 million, 2.5 million came from the cities of Los Angeles and New York. So I say thank God for the founding fathers and the Electoral College. (laughs) (laughs) And and, and although all they want to get rid of that, and and, then Democrats will probably try to do something, but I don't, I don't think it can be done without a constitutional amendment. And it will never pass. The, the electoral college will be here to stay. Thank God. You, I don't
3: know yeah. if you if, if you've ever read "Miracle in Philadelphia," the story of the Constitution. Um, but if you if, or if you read anything of Madison's uh, uh, secret uh, note taking of it, you sit there and listen to these uh, men who were, uh, to quote a friend of mine, they were giants. They, uh, they, you know, they sat there and they invented democracy and federalism and uh, they did it in a way, they compromised if you read, if you read the document uh, 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 when I was a student I had a professor that forced me to read it it was the greatest thing that uh, he ever did for me but the point is if you read the, the, uh, the inner workings of that constitutional convention and the Madison's notes etc. they compromised They said, yeah, they compromised on slavery. They compromised on the House and the Senate. They compromised, 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 and came came up with a constitution that took us from 13 seaboard states to number one world power. You know, and you sit there, and people complain. They want to change this. They want to change that. They want to change the other. The, The Bill of Rights. They they all agreed to something that something had to be done, so they did the Ten Amendments. You sit there, and sometimes uh, they they don't teach that in college or uh, high school uh, anymore. But people should read that and, and understand what. Uh, I'll get off my high horse. It just I uh, sometimes sit well, here.
0: Lo- one one place that people should uh, look at going to is. Uh Dr. Larry Arn, A-R-N, I believe, and he's the president of Hillsdale College, and he's one of the leading constitutional scholars, and I believe he puts a course out online about the Constitution, and, and the key would be to just get in touch with hillsdalecollege.com and find that out, but he's he's a brilliant person, very clear in his writing and in his speaking, and and that would be, yeah, most people have never read that and not realized as you call them, giants. They were indeed how fortunate we were to have had that particular group of human beings in that place at that time.
3: Uh, uh, is that the
0: college where they don't take any federal money? It might be. It's a, it's a very conservative school. They put out a newsletter. It may may well be, and I'm not even sure where it's located, but it is H-I-L-L-S-D-A-L-E
3: College. Yeah, yeah uh, in Illinois. will get all that for you. I'm pretty certain it's Illinois.
0: That, that's probably, uh, I, yeah, I think you're right. That rings a bell.
3: Um, no. It's, uh, only because um, and I, I read some of his work. He said uh, the way they've set up the college is, you know, you're there to learn. You're there to, to listen uh, across the board. Uh, and which is another thing I, uh, Well, uh, we really missed today. The, the Diversity of views in our uh, colleges and universities, um, which uh, we can talk about another time. But I'm curious about your book. If I could go back to it, can you give, give me a couple of examples of what you mean, uh, what you've done inside
0: your book that I have, uh, well I, 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 the the base thing is my background. And I uh, was an army colonel, and uh, I had an unusual career in which I. Every job I seemed to have was to be the duty briefer. And at one time, I was selected to be the senior intelligence briefer to the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. I was in the Defense Intelligence Agency. My specialty was Latin America. And then in the Reagan administration, the White House detailed me over to the State Department, and I did most of the uh, speaking and debating defending the Reagan policy on Central America and college campuses. And it was a result of that, of dealing with, Uh, One of the things that I say in the book is that there are two types of presentation. There's the informative, and there's the persuasive. Now, when I was doing things with the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, that was informing he and the other military leaders of the critical information they needed. The persuasive, I was going out in colleges, and they weren't interested so much in learning as attacking the policy. So I had to go at it with a slightly different approach. Uh, One of the things... uh, doesn't seem to be the smartest, standard way to do this, I'd call the student uh, organizer ahead of time and uh, talk to him, get a little bit of intelligence on the group, and then say, listen, I'll come out a day early and uh, why don't I take you and a couple of your buddies out for pizza and beer? And so so I, I got into their heads that way and, and was able then to, uh, I think, persuade a lot of people that what we were doing was correct. And that's the lessons that I bring out in the book, that you can uh, deal with audiences that are... Predisposed to disagree, but if you're able to make a reasonable case and you have the, the knowledge and the credibility, you can get these things for us. It's not impossible to to persuade an audience and that that's what I, I hope the book will do for people and you and know. the other thing as I mentioned at the top of the program leadership that that's one of the most important qualities we have and you you develop leadership by your ability to communicate to be able to get into the heads of other people, to show them uh, what your position is and then have them buy into your position because they see it's right and it's in their interest. And that's why I, I call it bring home the bacon because that's what you're really attempting to do, to bring people to your side. But you do it not through deception. You do it through honesty. You do it through clear communication. You show what the facts are and you're able then to also rebut the facts that they have from, a lot of disinformation they have. So that's sort of a a quick summary of the book. And a lot of it is based on my military. Uh, One of the things we do in the military, you may remember this from your time in Vietnam, when you practice a presentation, we call it a murder board, which is a kind of a macabre term. But that's where you go through the pressure and you get all the questions that you're likely to get and you anticipate what they will be and then you develop answers that are honest and are straight to the point. So uh, a, lot of, a lot of the book is based on my, my military experience, but it's very, very applicable to business and to other aspects of civilian life.
3: Well, I, I, I certainly look forward to, uh, to reading it because, uh, you know, the, the, there's nothing more life and death than sitting out there in the middle of a boondock. That's right.
0: Well, that, that's one of the reasons the military briefings are – I'm biased on this, but I think the military – is the best institution in government for uh, oral presentations uh, because of the fact that a lot of briefings do have that life and death quality to them, and then that extends to others. You just don't you don't go in and try to snow a four-star journal. Uh, you better have your information down pat.
3: Well, let me ask you a question that was kind of off the subject, but you were in Vietnam. Uh, uh, you, as a correspondent, you got to choose where you are going. And I always cho- you, you always knew the u- units that were, that you stayed away from because they were slovenly and ill-disciplined. You, you looked for uh, disciplined units because that, that guarantee that uh, improved your chances of surviving. Um, but it seemed to be at times that uh, there was almost an unreality in how, um, the briefings went and how people, that there, there seemed to be a, um, a gulf between the the officers and the men uh, that I didn't see, and I've been a, in, a, in a lot of different places militarily. Did you see that, or am I
0: all wet? Well, it's, it's hard to say. I have different assignments. I was an advisor in my last portion there with the um, uh, Vietnamese National Police. You remember the the famous General Nguyen yeah. who shot the Viet Cong terrorists. So I was I was working as his advisor. And uh, with five other captains, and that—that's a—that's another story. And maybe James, we could talk about that someday. That was—he he was vilified, and that—that that really ended our experience and there, turned public opinion against it. But as far as the the units, uh, it, it, that's when we had fragging, if you remember. Yeah, and uh, that was a serious thing. We also had a drafted army, and without a draft, we t- potentially have. Do not have that problem. A lot of kids were brought in. They didn't want to be there. Uh, they didn't uh, didn't like it. And so I had a lot of friends who were infantry officers who were with units on that. Yeah, there, there was there was a, a real division. The army was was considered at that time pretty well hollowed out. At the end, we had to rebuild uh, the army. And a lot of the people who had been company commanders and battalion commanders in Vietnam later became the generals who who redid the army. But right now, we're going to have to have another rebuilding after the 17 years of what we're doing in, in the Middle East.
3: Yes, very much so. I always point out that the, in, in the Battle of Hawaii, we utterly destroyed the 328th uh, North Vietnamese uh, Division, which was considered one of the best units in the North Vietnamese Army. It was utterly destroyed by the Marines in But yet, that, that story was never told to the American people. All they talked about is that attack way, not the fact that the yeah they attacked, but they didn't
0: walk away. No, no, it's, it's that and uh, the the, the Tet offensive was uh, a real failure on the part of intelligence that we we didn't as, uh, assume that uh, they were going to take a an, uh, a truce, and of course they used it against us on it. The other one of the great stories that comes out, whether it's true or not, is that when we started the bombing. That, uh, the Vietnamese military commander said maybe one more day of bombing and we would have probably had to give up. But it was the, uh, the main complaint that we have and General McMaster, who had been the national security guy, wrote, wrote that great book, uh, called, uh, Dereliction of Duty, how we, we simply did not fight the war the right way. Lyndon Johnson followed a gradualism approach just to try to do everything proportional where we had the ability. If we wanted to, we could have really smashed North Vietnam uh, and and forced them to the bargaining table in a real way, not the way they did it. Uh, so um, a lot of a lot of lessons, not just military, but a lot of diplomatic lessons, should have been learned in Vietnam, and you wonder years later whether they were.
3: I, I remember the cartoon of two guys, who, uh, two uh, soldiers, with, uh at a machine gun uh, n- n- uh, nest. And they were getting orders from Lyndon Johnson. Uh, it it just spoke about what that war was about. Um, yeah, and, uh, uh, you know, um, you, you know. The other thing is uh, uh, veterans. The, the true veterans don't talk about the war. The uh, what I call the well, uh,
0: the fox uh, veterans talk about it. And uh, well, I'll tell you, I was in the Pentagon the day that Saigon fell, and if the building could be in mourning, the Pentagon was, because all of us had served there with lost friends there, and there was the thought, you know, for what? And, and now we, we've just given up, and uh, I, I have two feelings about that that I've expressed. People have said, well, why are you always a Republican? And I said, well, what the Democratic Party did to the people of Vietnam is something that I could never never get over, but I also have to throw the blame at Gerald Ford, because he could have, even though we just had the impeachment, even though the Democrats had taken all the money away from him, he could have still ordered the Air Force and the Navy to hit those advancing divisions before they got to Saigon, and maybe we would have had a different outcome. But he backed off on it, and so uh, I, I just think the fact that we, the way we abandoned the people of Vietnam, is a national disgrace. And we couldn't agree with you more. <laughs> and of course, we've now getting back to the original point. We're abandoning the Kurds who have been our most valuable allies over there. Erdogan is going to come in and just smash them without the U.S. around as a protector. Right. And of course, they, they're, they're the view of in support of what Trump has done, saying, "Well, Turkey is our NATO ally. That's they're a very shaky ally compared to the way they had been in the past. Erdogan has moved that country." far more into the uh, radical Islam orbit than it was before. It was always a secular uh, Muslim government. And so, where uh, they were one of our great allies in Korea. Uh, now, uh, I, I just hope this quid pro quo is not true, that he's doing this because uh, Erdogan agreed to buy the Patriot missiles. So, <laughs> that, that really bothers me if that's true.
3: Well, I don't know, but you, the Kurds have threatened to release 3,000 ISIS Prisoners. Um Oh really? I hadn't yes. heard that. It came across my uh came across uh, I I get some feeds because 'cause I'm a newsman. Um a, uh, this uh uh in fact it's on the New York Times uh, uh, front um, page. Uh, I have to read it. So, <laughs> you know Yeah,
0: I'll I'll check that on the uh, on the web. But um uh
3: the name of your book again, so that uh, our audience knows.
1: What was that? I didn't get that. Uh, give 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 us the name of the book again, Larry.
0: The the name of the book is Bring Home the Bacon, and that's the uh, title. The uh, I've put a new subtitle onto it. The new subtitle will be uh, How to Become an Influential Leader: Deliver Persuasive Presentations with the Proven S Three P Three System. And of course, I've got my name on the cover. But right below my name, I have that kudos from President Reagan, where he was so gracious to call me an extraordinarily effective speaker so um hopefully Reagan fans will do that that the great communicator said that about it uh, that was the, he got feedback from uh, the, all the places the White House sent me out to speak and when I was retired from the army, he told the Director of Public Affairs he wanted to uh, send a letter to me so i' I'm exploiting that now.
3: <laughs> mm. Well, that's that's high. But they can get it on
0: uh, Amazon just by typing in bring home the bacon and uh, take a look at the look inside the table of contents and see if that will help. Because it, it, there's no question, the ability to speak is the most important ability you can have.
3: I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, I, I, if I can uh, go along, my mother was totally fluent in Italian and English and she's only spoke to me in English and my father in Italian because she wanted me to be, be a totally American and, uh, uh-huh. and look what happened I'm even on radio that's uh, right <laughs> but uh, you, you, you're so right about it um, uh, the best leaders I've seen are ones like President Reagan who really could turn a phrase and and uh, yeah, to me, the, the, uh, in the second debate with uh, uh, Senator Mondo, uh, Mondale, when, when uh, he said, I, I, the, I know exactly hold, what
0: you're going to say. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I will not hold my my opponent's youth uh, against him. I mean, he yeah. just turned the election right there.
0: Well, let, let me tell you the, the back story on that. Uh, Mondale really blew him away in the first debate. Yes. It was in Louisville, Kentucky. And people's the press started calling Mondale the Louisville Slugger. Yeah. And the story is that Roger Ailes, later founder of uh, Fox yeah. News, was was brought in to uh, coach uh, Reagan. And he said, "Listen, we got to we got to accept the fact they're going to bring age up on you." And and Reagan, and according to the story, supposed said, "Well, or well I have a line that I've used in the past?" And he told it to. Ailes and Al said, keep that in your hip pocket, and the time is going to come up and use it. So that was Reagan's own words. Nobody, nobody uh, wrote that out for him, and he was just waiting to do it. And I had a videotape of that, and in the background you can see Mondale just sort of smiling and laughing and thinking, well, there goes the election.
3: Yes, I walked out of where I was staying that night, and I said, that's the election. You know, and he uh, reassure the American people. Uh, and uh, um, I go back to Franklin Delano Roosevelt and, and the fireside chat when he said, I give you my word, the banks are sound. And everybody believed him. And the banks uh, uh, survived. You know, you sit there, those are great leaders. And uh, I really look forward to read, uh, reading your book because uh, so even at my age, I can learn something
0: new okay <laughs>
1: well uh well well Larry, before we wrap up here, how do we get a hold of you online and uh pick up your book and everything else well i've taken um, I've taken my website off
0: uh now because of the fact that it was basically uh, pumped my previous book which is a shortcut of persuasive presentations i'm retiring that one but um, god I forget my i forget the uh email address that i have on the book <laughs> but it's it's in there you can you can see it uh, on there but the best thing is to get a hold of the book and it has my uh email address uh right on there people can do that and get in touch with me it's the one i use strictly for the book
1: definitely definitely well uh well don before we let you go uh how do we get a hold of you online my friend and pick up your books
3: yeah. donmicello.com d-o-n-m-a z z e l l a dot com uh recalculating uh, uh, dot biz and uh two s b digest for small business digest and uh, uh by the way uh, our uh foundation the national robotics education foundation keeps growing and uh, we would welcome the donations because it helps uh the nation's youth uh Move forward in robotics, and to everybody, a great and happy uh, Christmas and New Year's. And we'll see you at the, uh, in, the, in the new year, right?
1: Uh, yes, Jimmy? we will. Yes, we will. I will. Uh, I will talk to you uh, in the new year. But uh, we'll be taping some things next week for uh, for our year-end uh, programming. But uh, gentlemen, have yourself a happy holiday, Merry Christmas, and I'll talk to you guys very soon. Okay.
3: You bet. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, J. Pleasure really talking to you, Larry.
1: You're great. Thank yeah, you. A pleasure here, too. Thank you, guys. There they go, Larry Tracy and Don Mazzella. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring.
2: Laundry? Ooh, a book club.
1: Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. Ch-ch-